Hello, this is Justin Myers, graduate assistant for DePaul University's Center for Journalism Integrity and Excellence. On this special episode of So You Want to Be a Reporter, we're talking about mentors, the state of journalism today, and the ethical challenges facing young journalists as they venture out into the field. Today, we're leaving the recording booth and heading to Chicago's historic Union League Club, where, on April 28th, the center recognized two outstanding journalists, Bill Whitaker from 60 Minutes and Heidi Wigdahl from KARE 11 in Minneapolis-St. Paul. The center also awarded one distinguished mentor, former FCC Chair Newton Minow. Among Minow's mentees, the center's very own Carol Marine, sharing how Newt impacted her. In a conversation a number of years ago, Newt Minow's name came up. And I said, Newt Minow, he's my mentor. And I immediately heard a voice somewhere in that room say, well, he's my mentor too. And you know, that's right. Newton Minow has mentored an army of people over his lifetime. Names you know, Barack Obama claims him. Names you do not, a television studio technician comes to mind. When Don and I came to DePaul to open the Center for Journalism, Integrity and Excellence, we saw our mission as not just teaching, but mentoring, because each of us would not have gotten the chances, the opportunities, the experiences we got without the mentors we had who paid their good fortune forward to us. But how one mentors is really as important as that you mentor. Newt, again, comes to mind. Newton Minow does not need another award. He has rooms full of them, including Peabody's and Presidential Medals of Freedom. It is we who need to give him one for all that he has done, for all of us whom he has helped for all the hope that he has invested in behalf of his abiding devotion to journalism and to this country. So Newt, would you honor us by accepting our Distinguished Mentor Award? Carol, um, Don, friends of DePaul, I'm very touched by this. A mentor receives more from the mentee than the mentee receives from the mentor. I've learned that. Carol and Don, what you do with your students, I look at all of them, you're entering to do the Lord's work. The Lord's work. Never has journalism been more important in our country. Our democracy is at risk unless journalists inform the American public. Nothing is more important. I want to say a word about Carol that most of you don't know. On 9-11, Carol was working for 60 Minutes in New York. She heard about 9-11, and what did she do? She ran toward, toward the disaster. 
not away from it, because she wanted to inform the public and help in any way she could. That attitude of a journalist, what a precious gift that is. And if she, can, she and Don can pass that on to a new generation, we'll all benefit. Bill Whitaker is known across the nation for his role as a journalist on the CBS program 60 Minutes. The center honored him this year with its Distinguished Journalist Award for his years of reporting. Upon accepting his honor, Whitaker gave his take on the state of journalism and what he sees as the challenges that lie ahead in the world of journalism. It is a real thrill to be here today with my former colleagues, Carol Marine, Don, people who are down the hall from me at, at CBS. And it is a tremendous honor to be recognized by the DePaul Center for Journalism, Integrity, and Excellence, which has come out of the gate blazing and in just seven years has established itself as an intrepid protector of truthfulness. The young journalists educated at the center will be setting off on their careers at a moment that is not a bouquet of roses. It's a fraught time for journalists and for truth-tellers. I was struck by a recent column in the New York Times by Jamel Bowie titled, You Can't Tell the Truth About America Anymore. And Bowie wrote about a dangerous censoriousness animating a wave of legislation that would ban books and teachings about LGBTQ people and other uncomfortable topics. One bill in Florida would put lessons on the Civil War, the expansion of the United States to its present boundaries, the world wars, the civil rights movement under careful review, the pillars of democracy, free speech, fair elections are being questioned and shaken today. Freedom of the press is lodged in the First Amendment because it is foundational to our system of government. But our trade of truth-telling is under siege, too. Local newspapers have been decimated by the digital transformation. Television news audiences and budgets have shrunk. News consumers have turned en masse to social media, which can manipulate beliefs, reinforce biases, and fan fears. The truth is drowned out by a deluge of misinformation. We've been labeled fake news and enemies of the people. The young journalists of DePaul are entering our profession at a strange time. And it's not in our nature or in our training to take sides. But I'm here to tell you that I have. I'm on the side of truth. I'm on the side of facts. I'm on the side of history. I'm on the side of science. I'm on the side of democracy. I am really heartened by what I have seen here today with the students here at DePaul. We need your tenacity on the side of truth more now than perhaps ever. Keep it up and thank you, thank you, thank you for this award. Before founding and heading DePaul's Center for Journalism, Integrity, and Excellence, Carol Marine and Don Mosley led the DePaul Documentary Project, which gave interns the opportunity to produce and work on content for CNN, NBC5 News, and the Chicago Sun-Times. 
Among those interns was Heidi Wigdahl, now a multimedia journalist at KARE 11, the NBC affiliate in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area. She was this year's recipient of the Center's Distinguished Alumna Award and, at the banquet, shared the lasting impact that the DePaul Documentary Project had on her. This award has really given me a chance to reflect on my time at DePaul and all the people who helped me along the way. So I remember as a junior, I was talking to the director of internships at the time, Karen Roloff, and I was still debating whether I wanted to do print or I wanted to do broadcast, and that's when Karen made a suggestion that changed my life. She told me to reach out to the DePaul Documentary Project run by a reporter-producer team. Well, later that day, I sent out an email about a potential internship, and it started with the words, Dear Dawn. Dawn responded with my first lesson of many, letting me know I really should have addressed the email with Mr. Mosley. I was terrified. I sent back an email confirming our interview and made sure I started the email with, Dear Mr. Mosley. He then responded with, You can call me Dawn. During the interview, the learning continued. I remember at one point, Don corrected my grammar, and again, I was terrified. Um, I'm not sure if I ever told Don and Carol this story, but I remember telling my boyfriend, now husband, that I didn't know if I should take the internship. I wasn't used to getting so much feedback. I'm so grateful that I said yes to the opportunity. I think in my heart, I knew the value in constructive criticism and getting into the practice of receiving it, and it has set the tone for my career in the best way. I used to come in in the mornings, and I would read Carol's Chicago Sun-Times column. She would then call and have me critique her column to her. Again, I was terrified. I kept thinking, what do I know as a 21-year-old compared to Carol freaking Marine? It was good practice for me to critique her column, but I also felt that she did take my feedback seriously. Carol taught me an important lesson that no matter how good you are at your job, there is always room to grow, and we should never stop listening to how we can make things better. As intimidating as it was, Don and Carol were also extremely warm and generous with their time. As I learned in my internship, we can and need to do better. A little bit about me, I grew up in a town of about 11,000 in central Minnesota, and I was one of a few people of color in my school. My mom came here from the Philippines, and my dad was from Minnesota. I didn't see a lot of journalists who looked like me on TV, but then I saw Lisa Ling. It took one person to inspire me to pursue a career in journalism, but then a village of people who helped me believe that I could do it. In 2020, a Minneapolis police officer knelt on a black man's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. His name was George Floyd, and his murder sparked a reckoning long overdue, and it happened less than two miles away from where I lived. During my reporting, I heard from community members about their frustrations and distrust of the press, and it forced newsrooms to take a hard look at not only how we cover stories, but who was covering them. The diversity in our communities must also be reflected in our newsrooms and who has a seat at the table. I've never forgotten the kindness that was shown to me, whether through DDP, Good Day DePaul, or the DePaulia. Whenever I meet a new intern, I'm reminded of this special time in my life when two journalists took me under their wings. 
like I was in the beginning. These new interns may be nervous, maybe even terrified, but I hope in some small way I can help them. And maybe one day they'll do the same for someone else. Thank you. Mentors can teach you a lot, but are there limits to what a mentor can and cannot prepare you for? I talked with Heidi after the banquet and asked her this question to see what kinds of struggles she was met with when she entered the field. And I also asked her what feedback looks like after all the college classes and internships fade away into the real world. I think the biggest thing for me is the the time frame in which you have to tell a story, the deadlines. So I had always had about two weeks to put together one package. And only on my final exam for my final class did we have a true deadline story. So going into my first job, I was so, it was so jarring to all of a sudden you get your story in the beginning of the day. Sometimes you only have a couple hours to put it all together. I was telling a story earlier in class about how my first package, it was 4.50 and I hadn't tracked it yet and it was at 5. Never again have I made that mistake. It did make it on air. But I think that's something that no matter how much you learn here, it can't prepare you for the reality of what that's going to look like. And every day, your job is so different. And certain things fall through. Certain things are breaking. And that's the great thing about journalism. But it's also the stressful thing that you learn through experience. And you get better at dealing with it the more you do it. So are you tempted to give it up or is it all worth the pain? I think it's worth it. I do think it's worth it. I still love it. I'm still passionate about it. And I always tell people, yes, it's very stressful, but I never have a day where I'm looking at the clock wondering when is work going to be over. If anything, I'm always begging for more time. Like if I could have two more hours for this story, but that's a blessing, I think. When you're reporting, what do you do to prepare yourself for a story? If you get handed the assignment, what goes through your head? I try to research the story as much as I can ahead of time. Obviously, sometimes you're just thrown into a story where it's breaking news and you're trying to quickly gather facts. But if I have a moment to really look through the story, I I try to decide who are the key players in the story that I need to get to tell it. And then I kind of go in thinking of what potentially is my focus going to be for the story. So I think it's really important to try to establish that focus as early as you can. But obviously things change. You can go to a story thinking your focus is going to be one thing and then you show up and you find out it's actually something totally different. And so you have to be flexible and allow the focus to change. But going in with kind of an idea helps me be really time efficient, make sure my questions that I'm asking are really focused and sets me up for success. So I would say that's probably the main main thing is getting a little bit of research making sure you have the focus and making sure that you're asking the questions that your viewers are going to have at home. I think that's really important. You don't want viewers to leave a story feeling confused about something or feeling like a really critical question wasn't answered during the story. And do you feel it's easy to tell whether you gave adequate information or is that something you've kind of had to learn how to measure? I think it's just as important to know what to include, what to edit, as it is to know what to include. And that is a challenge when you first start off, especially since I came from a print background with the DePaulia. 
So I was doing both the DePaulia and Good Day DePaul, and I didn't know if I was going to go into print or broadcast. So I was used to having so many details in my print script. And then I went to TV. You usually have a minute 30 to tell a story. How am I going to do it? So I've learned when looking at the story, if I can hit two, three main points that I want to get across, and that's how I'll pace out my story. And extra information I can put either in my intro or my tag, as well as my web script. So that's a way that I've been able to kind of flesh out a story more when I am so limited on time. I think it's really hard in the beginning because you think everything is so important. But in reality, viewers can only process so much in that small time frame. And so you need to kind of focus on the main points so they're able to understand the story as best as they can. Thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your busy day to uh, come on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Newton Minow may be a lawyer by trade, but he's been a longtime ally of journalists and has a few closing remarks. I want to say a word about journalism. I've been around a long time. I'm 96 years old. I've been through growing up as a child in the Depression, serving in the military in World War II. I have never, ever been as concerned about the future of our country, ever, than I am now. And that's why you journalists, you have a sacred calling, and there's nothing that, particularly the division between what is a fact and what is opinion, is disappearing in this country. And if we can't agree on what is a fact, you can't have civilization. And that the country now has a different version of facts is something that only journalism, I can't think of any other part of the American life that can cure that. Being a mentor, Barack Obama was working in our firm, that's where he met Michelle, and um, he gave, later he gave me a picture in which he called me his mentor. I never thought of him as his mentor. I only thought I was learning from him rather than my teaching or, or helping him. And I've had that good luck throughout. This is the first time anybody's ever given any mentor an award. And I hope there are all of you, just as our Heidi said it tonight, I hope what happens is that you, in turn, will take whatever you have to help another mentor. This has been Justin Myers. Thank you for joining us for this special episode. You can listen to this and future episodes on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and more. So You Want to Be a Reporter is produced by myself with music by Max Duggan. Thank you again for listening.